And that's how you break down an hour spoon back to the life. It is four o'clock. The first question is, where are we? We're at KRWF 95.9 LPFM, Moorhead Fargo, RadioFreeFargo.org. We're streaming everywhere for you guys, because that's what we do here at the Independent Radio. And who is this? It's Kind of Talking D with Wilson every stinking Thursday, except for last Thursday. I'm in here bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. We run through some red tape, play some jams. 420, we open a big fat bag of cannabis news. That's right, cannabis news. We talk about cannabis legalization, the benefits of the cannabis, and how it's going with the cannabis movement in our little world here. So hang with me, and we'll get this show rocking. Right before me, one to three, side stage with Trav. Great show. Check him out. He uh, keeps me on my toes because to follow that kind of guy, you know, I just got the cannabis to talk about. You know, I got no dancers. I got no rock and roll. I just got me telling you guys that cannabis needs to be legalized. Cannabis is not a problem. Cannabis was provided here, like I say, by God, the creator, to use as we would see fit. And I show him props at Antioch Church, 10 a.m. South Fargo. Join me. Now, kind of talking to you with Wilson again. Is brought to you by Black Cottage Alchemy, blackcottagealchemy.com, Black Cottage Alchemy on Facebook. It is, uh, it's kind of like there's products, you know, there's uh, colloidal silver, which is good, but the body butter is really kind of the standalone product, and uh, it's the one I try to promote mostly when I uh, shout out Black Cottage Alchemy. Uh, they, uh, it's got colloidal silver, it's got CBD, it's all locally grown hemp, and there's a bunch of other stuff in there too. You can use it for all kinds of things. I'm using it to kind of like, uh, keep my hair i kind of mix it with colloidal or uh, coconut oil i kind of rub it in my hair you know you make me look good now that i'm a church going man i gotta comb my hair twice a week i mean I've, i wore a hat 24 7 and i ain't even kidding for the last 30 years probably i mean who needs a haircut and who needs to get your hairs to where they're supposed to go if you're not taking your hat off right after me stinky arts music mark locals on the eight radio madness black ring ritual that gets your Thursday done here at KRWF 95.9 LPFM. The sun is out. RadioFreeFargo.org. It's streaming in Fargo. Black Cottage Alchemy products are Tochi products right outside downtown here in the heart of Fargo. While you're in there, you can sign the ND for Freedom of Cannabis Act petition. That's going to wrap itself up here in January. So if you haven't signed, get to sign and play it. And if you had some free time because you're not busy on the holidays, you can, uh, you know, get yourself a packet. IndieCannabisCaucus.com. They'll hook you up straight. Orange Records got the petition, too. Smokey's House of Pipes is the two I remember. Say Matt Wilson sent you. He's probably got some bracelets. Maybe not. But if he does, you can have one. If you sign, you bring a buddy. And again, Canada Talk Indie with Wilson. It's 420 degrees here in the studio. I'm dressed appropriately. I hope everybody else is too. I got a lot of cannabis stuff to talk about. I again, I apologize for taking a mental snow day last Thursday. I'm still dealing with some anxiety, you know. But I mean, I can't let it. I can't let it keep telling me what to do. However, Thursday it was really loud, you know. But uh, anyway, thanks for checking me out. Um, I believe I'm almost at a hundred shows here at KRWF 95.9, the best independent radio station in the world in my opinion i just wanted to shout out tomorrow november 19th at the fishbowl aka the aquarium aka above dempsey's 
Radio Free Fargo, that's us, presents Skinny Your Teeth, five bucks to get you rocking. Gypsy Wizard Queen, and it all going to be there too. Eight o'clock doors, 830 show, 21 plus. Get your rock and roll on and support local radio and local music. So again, that's us, Radio Free Fargo. We present Skinny Your Teeth, Gypsy Whipsy Wizard Queen, and it all five dollars. That's tomorrow, the Fishbowl, a.k.a. the Aquarium, right above Dempsey's. Get downtown, you'll find it. Just ask one of those ceramic buys and they'll tell you where to go. 8 o'clock doors, 8.30 show. If you ain't doing nothing tomorrow, come get your come get your hair bang on. I think is that's what it's called. Man, so I'm all hopped up on ginseng powder. I, know, I don't know if anybody's ever gotten down with that. Apparently there's no addiction uh, potential. And uh, I mean, I kind of want to just rip my pants off and jump through the window. So, you know. I don't know. It must be working. But anyway, again, thanks for joining me. At 420, we're going to open a big fat bag of cannabis news right before me with Side Stage every Thursday, 1 to 3, with Trav. Right after me is uh, Sneaky Arts Music Mart. We got Locals on the 8 and then Radio Madness to finish Black Ring Ritual. So, uh, Can I Talk in D with Wilson on Instagram. You can, uh, you know, I post there whenever I'm not going to be on the show or going to be on the show. I deleted Facebook for you know, I guess spiritual reasons, which I do want to point out that, uh, and this is kind of ironic, I went from, this is just a quick personal share, and then we'll get to the music. I got new of the Dead South coming up here on KRWF. But it's ironic because I went from buying meth from a guy named Jesus to playing Jesus this year at our church for the Christmas play. Now, is that full circle or what? But then I had to chuckle because I told the guy I worked that. And I'll tell you again because it's kind of beautiful. I went from buying meth from a guy named Jesus to playing Jesus at my church here at the Christmas party, which I'll give you more new info as it comes because you can either come and check me out because it's going to be pretty wild, I would imagine, or I think we're going to stream it live. But the thing I thought about is no, no smart white guy would buy meth from a guy named Jesus. He would put another dumber white guy in between them because everybody knows you don't mess with the cartel. Am I right? And the best way to not mess with the cartel is to keep your head clean, you know? Go to places that, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing doesn't exist. I've learned my lesson, I believe, you know? And uh, so, but yeah, isn't that ironic, you know? But anyway, maybe that's just me. But uh, all right, I'll stop talking. We got You Are My Sunshine, The Dead South. See you in a bit. Okay, You Are My Sunshine, The Dead South. That's off their easy listening for jerks part one here on Radio Free Fargo, KRWF 95.9 LPFM. This segment of programming is being underwritten by SNS Incorporated. SNS works one on one with you to provide personal or business tax preparation, accounting, bookkeeping, and payroll services. Schedule your appointment with them at the West Fargo offices located at 45 8th Street East, Suite 104, or visit them online at facebook.com backslash SNS Incorporated for more information. Check out SNS Incorporated for all your tax preparation and accounting needs. All right, Indy for Freedom of Cannabis Act petition is being circulated, like I said, as we speak. 12 plants you can grow, 6 mature, 6 immature, licensed business, 21 plus to possess, and where smoking is allowed. Orange Records, Tochi Products, Smokey's House of Pipes here in Fargo. You can sign IndyCannabisCaucus.com. You can find out where. Can I talk Indy with Wilson? That's what you're listening to now if you just pulled into town. I'm Wilson, and I'm going to talk about cannabis legalization, cannabis news, 
at 420. I wasn't here last Thursday. Uh, I got into my head a little bit too much. So we got a lot to talk about today and we'll see if we can get through it all. But uh, again, Canada Talk ND on Instagram to find out when Saturday or Sunday this minus the music will be on YouTube. And again, I don't make any money, but if you want to subscribe over there, that'd be cool. We've been sitting at like 139 subscribers for the last 16 years, which reminds me I'm almost to my 100th show here. I think I'm number 99. So uh, next Thursday, we'll have Cheech in here. Just kidding. However, if you know him, you know, I'll give him like, I'll give him some ginseng powder. But anyway, I don't want to uh, mess around too much. I'm going to play some more songs and then bing, bing, bing. We're going to get it done. She's a winner. Neil Francis, 95.9. Well, thank you very much, Langhorn Slim. That's one of my favorites I like to mix in here. KRWF, 95.9 LPFM, RadioFreeFargo.org. We're streaming wherever you want to be and wherever you want to listen to this. Can of Talk ND with Wilson every Thursday. Get in here at 4 o'clock, 420. Open a big fat bag of cannabis news. And that is happening almost in seconds in fact i can make that happen as we speak again we open a big fat bag of cannabis news every thursday at 4 20 here on krwf right after me is locals on the eight actually it's stinky arts music mart locals on the eight mix yourself a fizzy get on back here kind of talking to you with wilson Yo, it's Wilson from Canatalk ND. You know, the super awesome show you're getting ready to listen to. I think you should go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll wait. Okay, enjoy the show. Do Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Canatalk ND with Wilson. That's where we're at, and that's what we're going to do. I appreciate everybody listening. Again, I wasn't here Thursday. I had a bunch of stuff going on in my head. But I, I punched it all out of there this week, and uh, I'm back. And again, I haven't missed a lot in the last three years, which I've been here three years. Isn't that crazy? Well, three, three Octobers. So I, I believe next show will be, will be uh, my 100th show, I think. Now, my daughter thinks I should do something fun, but I don't know what that would be. So we're going to talk about cannabis and cannabis legalization, the benefits of cannabis as well, for the next 20 minutes or so. So... Uh, Strap your resin-soaked seatbelt, and we'll get uh, we'll get pushing. Now, again, if you're in North Dakota, Indy for Freedom of Cannabis Act petition is being circulated. It's a constitutional amendment measure so that would basically keep the legislators from messing with it. However, that that's that's kind of a myth, as we've seen in all the states. I mean, the legislators are sneaky, they're divisive, and if they know likey what the people voted in, they will work something out. They will stall it. They will. You know, they'll come up with another one while you kind of are waiting for another one to get untangled. And that's what we'll talk about in South Dakota. And that's what's kind of happening there. It's a sad, sad, sad day what stinking South Dakota is doing. But we've got some good things to talk about in regards to cannabis. So, again, stick with me here. KRWF 95.9. Kind of talking to you with Wilson. That's what you're listening to. Let's get started. Now, cannabis moment. Top South Dakota lawmakers officially recommend cannabis legalization bill for 2022. 
Leading South Dakota lawmakers are officially recommending that the legislature take up a bill to legalize cannabis during the 2022 session. This comes now, and listen to this, this comes as activists are pursuing a separate reform initiative for the 2022 ballot, which I might add, they needed to have signatures, I think like 16,000 by November 8th. They didn't do that. But they can get an extension that has been, there's some sort of like loophole that they can utilize and get signatures until May. Okay. But the state is appealing that particular thing because they don't like it. And and I just I just don't get it. I mean, and we've seen it in South in North Dakota, and you'll see that happen here. They they'll do whatever they can to be the regulators, to be the ones that create the bills, and they're never the way the people like it. It's only the way they like it. Like in North Dakota, House Bill 1420, that didn't make it through, but it was there long enough to give people like hope. And they're thinking, well, maybe we don't need to vote for this particular measure that's out on the streets. And then the, the legislators are thinking, well, if we can convince them to take this subpar measure, well, then they won't worry about voting in the one that we don't like. And it's, again, it's manipulative. It's divisive. They're not for the people. And it's just really scary. Now, I would think, and I'll keep reading here. So they have until May, I believe. The uh, South Dakota for Better uh, Marijuana Laws on Facebook will give you more information about that. But the, the state Supreme Court continues to review the constitutionality of a 2020 voter-approved legalization measure. It got voted in, 54%. And it's hummed up by five people to Supreme Court because a lower court decided it had a multi, you know, it had more than one, uh, what do they talk, what do they say, single subject rule. It had more subjects than one. Okay. So now you've got that hung up. Now, the proposal from lawmakers is one of several cannabis reform measures that a cannabis interim study committee was tasked, whatever. So it's led by the House Speaker and Senate President Pro Tempore, and which unanimously approved the full report in a 12-0 vote on Wednesday. Uh, Senator Bryan said the legislator will see two adult use legalization bills, 23 report proposals related to the state's medical cannabis program during the next year. And I can guarantee you those 23 proposals aren't good for medical cannabis people. So prior to the full committee vote, a subcommittee that was specifically charged looked into the rec legalization passed and an earlier version of one of the reform bills. In the background of his latest action, the Supreme Court has continued to consider a review of the constitutionality of an earlier cannabis legalization initiative. But again, they said it could be any time. So meanwhile, activists are working to collect signatures for a separate whatever. Okay. They aim to turn in enough signatures by initial deadline earlier this month, but they didn't come together in time because they were waiting on this thing that the people already voted in. They figured the Supreme Court would rule so they'd have time to decide. And so, again, I believe that the Supreme Court are in cahoots with the legislators that also don't want it. They got behind closed doors. They were drinking their rum and cokes. Or their white claws, whatever lame stuff the people that try to get other stuff over on the, the people drink. And they're like, well, here's what we'll do. And they strategized. We'll hold the we'll hold our, you know, our deliberation long enough for you guys to come up with one that isn't as good for the people. It's more in our favor. And the people will be so frustrated that even if. The South Dakota for better marijuana laws, even if they come up with another, you know, ballot initiative, people are going to be so wore out and fed up with trying to do the have the right thing done. That we're just we're just going to give up 
and we'll just go with whatever the, you know, the state government comes up with and then just be happy that we got something. And that's just what's going on in our world. And it just sucks. And it's just not cool because it's almost apparent. It's almost apparent that we want a particular thing. The people we voted in don't want it. And then they come up with some weird way to not tell us they aren't going to do it. But in the end, they don't do it. And then they give us some soft football to try to kick around with, but they had taken our shoe, so it still hurts. So so they didn't come together, so they're relying on a federal court ruling that gives them until May to submit. That ruling is being appealed by the state, however. See what I'm saying? So the group said it may see signature gathering if the legislator ultimately passes comprehensive reform or if the Supreme Court upholds the voter-approved initiative. So here's what the director of SDBML says. It's encouraging that the rec legalization bill is moving through the process. It's not a perfect bill. Of course, it's not. It's slanted towards talking heads and legislators. But it's good to see the legislators are serious about passing legislation. They're only serious about passing the legalization that they want. They've, they've succeeded in thwarting everything else that the majority of the public are wanting. So he says, our goal is not to run another ballot initiative. It's not necessary. The better outcome would be either a positive court ruling on its own. He goes, we're not in this for the glory. We just want an outcome that aligns with the will of the voters. And that's it. They just want an outline that aligns with the bill of the voters. So, so as drafted, the current version of the version of the legislation approved in committee and by the executive board would allow adults 21 and older to purchase and possess an ounce. Unlike the legalization initiative that South Dakota voters approved, Last year, the draft bill would not provide a home grow option for adult consumers and you couldn't even grow outside. So doesn't that sound a lot like stinking North Dakota's scammy scam, you know, whatever. And I mean, we'll talk about some states here that are really rocking and we'll do that right now. This is from MJ Biz Daily. Connecticut set to launch rec cannabis market before New York. So Connecticut isn't a very big this is a very big state. Uh, Connecticut readies for adult use market. Uh, they're poised to launch uh, around the spring of 2022. That's real soon. They believe that adult use in their first year will be $250 million. Now, I'll give you two seconds to guess what the fourth year expected will be. And that's almost a billion dollars. And again, the population is $3.6 million. People below poverty line, 10%. Gonna be a lot of money kicking down. So, medical uh, medical marijuana patients as of November seventh, uh, fifty three thousand, uh, twenty twenty one two hundred million projected, and that just goes up to two hundred twenty five million in twenty twenty five, which is interesting. Connecticut's uh, seven fifty million is unlikely to match the size of neighbor New York, but it's poised to launch first and might turn out to have, if not stronger, of a social equity program. So we're gonna try to. Uh, check this out. So New York has been touted as a potential social uh, equity gold standard, but Connecticut's program appears equally robust. Definitely a priority is put on to consider the harm done by the war on drugs and to think about disproportionately impacted communities and how to reinvest in them. So here we go. Connecticut's program features these aspects. Half the cannabis stores will be allocated to social equity applicants. Existing medical cannabis producers and dispensaries can convert to adult use if they meet certain requirements and pay a fee. But the fee is $3 million for producers and $1 million for dispensaries, which, I mean, sounds like a stinking lot, don't it? That fee can uh, be cut in half if the MMJ operated partners with a social equity business. 
The initial round of cultivation license will be awarded to social equity applicants that located their facilities in areas disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. Otherwise, the operators will be chosen by lottery, and they've yet to determine the number of permits. So we'll see how that goes. The Social Equity Council has discussed income and residency requirements, but hasn't yet finalized criteria. So existing operators get a leg up. So I don't want to focus too much on that. And then here we go. We got West Virginia finally starts selling medical cannabis nearly five years after legalization. Kind of sound a little like Mexico, don't they? Can I talk ND with Wilson every Thursday, 420? That's what we're knee deep into right now. We talk about cannabis and the benefits of cannabis and the legalization of cannabis. And if the word cannabis is in it, by gum, we'll talk about it. Thank you for coming by. I'll see you next Thursday. We still got several minutes left. Just wanted to check in and say that you're listening to KRWF 95.9 LPFM. Tell a buddy if he's in Kentucky, RadioFreeFargo.org. You can get your can of talking D with Wilson Fix every Thursday and then Saturday and Sunday on CanadaTalkND.com. After nearly five years of delays, West Virginia's first two cannabis dispensaries have finally opened for business. Mountain State lawmakers voted to legalize medical cannabis way back in April 2017, granting patients suffering from 16 conditions the right to use cannabis pills, oils, or vapes. Unfortunately, the rollout was delayed when a local U.S. attorney threatened to prosecute Medical pot businesses in the state and concerns over legal cannabis banking created further delays. Four years and seven months later, True Leaf Cannabis has at least opened the first state's medical dispensaries. The massive delay officially makes West Virginia the slowest U.S. state to get its medical cannabis program running, beating Delaware's previous record of four years and one month. So West Virginia holds the unfortunate record for the slowest state to implement medical cannabis access. Well, good for them. And then I think we can stop talking about that. You know what I mean? So we will. Now, Oakland is banning cannabis testing for most city employees. So that's going to be sweet. It's one of the first California cities uh, cities to stop testing its employees. Last week, Oakland City Council voted unanimously to advance a proposal that would revise the city's cannabis workplace policies. Basically, they're prevented from conducting suspicionless cannabis testing for most current or prospective employees. And that is... Pretty stinking cool. Pretty stinking cool. Now, we'll talk about this because we just, uh, you know, last Thursday was Veterans Day. And since I wasn't able to make it, we'll talk about this quick. This is from CannabisNow.com. House approves bill authorizing cannabis research for veterans. So that's good. A key congressional committee has approved legislation that would direct the VA to conduct studies into the use of cannabis for PTSD and chronic pain. The bill was approved by the House Veterans Affairs Committee on November 4th. By vote of 18 to 11, the VA would be required to conduct clinical trials into the potential of cannabis as a treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder and chronic pain among the nation's vet, uh, veterans. Our veterans are no strangers to confronting challenges, said Representative Lou Correa, and that's why Congress needs to explore alternative treatment options. Now, I would argue that cannabis is not an alternative treatment option. It was the treatment options before Henry Anslinger, the crazy capitalist pig racist, decided to derail what was the regular treatments and pharmaceutical companies. I would argue that the pharmaceutical companies are the ones that are doing the synthetic made-up drugs, whereas cannabis and other forms of things that grow out of the ground, they were the original real medicine. There was real medicine. I mean, pharmacies didn't make real medicine. A lot of it was copied off real medicine. 
It's just they were able to create something that they could market and make their money off of. But we forget that pharmacies did not exist back when our forefathers' forefathers were still healthy enough to procreate and have kids that stayed alive, that made kids, that made kids, that made kids, that made you. You know? So I would argue that the alternative medicines are the pharmacies. That was the alternative medicine. They were going around to doctors going, stop using these particular regular medicines and why don't you offer them this pill? In fact, I'll give you a hundred of them free. Don't even charge your customers. Just let them try it. See if it, you know, it helps for, you know, aspirin or the multivitamins. You're a big kid now. Give them the sugary, you know, capsule that looks a little like ecstasy. Got a picture of Fred Flintstone on it. Because the kid didn't like when you rubbed Vip, you know, Vicks vapor rubber, mustard. Remember the mustard plasters? I mean, that was pre-pharmacy. That was the medicine. So anyway, I believe veterans, when we say we thank you for your service and then turn around and deny them what they say helps them with their PTSD, we ought to shoot them people. And I'm just kidding. Feel me? But I get so sick of hearing people and watching people with magnets. Uh, we support our troops on the bumper sticker, but yet they don't demand that we give cannabis to the vets because it works. And, and even if it doesn't work, believe the guy who's saving, you know, saving your hind end over in a crazy, horrible spot that you wouldn't even go and visit. So you can enjoy your stupid Dr. Pepper and your big fat rack of chips, ahoy. If he says it helps him, you go, yes, sir, how many do you need? And the fact that we deny our vets the help they need and at the same time hold these, you know, you know, like events where we pretend to thank them and then say, but no, we won't give you this because it'll help you. It just... It really fires me up. So I, I think the VA ought to have their heads examined for A, calling this alternative medicine and then denying vets the access to be better. It just, it really gets me fired up. But I ain't going to talk about it anymore. We're going to keep cruising through here. This is interesting. Cannabis moment. Speaking of mental illness that you know i've never been to a doctor because i've never really tested them i fainted one time at this private public christian school and they stuck me in one of them long things where you lay down you stick your head in that round thing and they didn't seem to find anything wrong with me but i've had episodic things you know and and i want to add like if anybody's seen kyle rittenhouse's ptsd panic attack breakdown in the court that's exactly what happened to me in Mexico when I was in some non-English speaking dentist's office having 13 teeth yanked out of my head, hoping that what I told him is what he was doing. And I, and I broke down too, just like that. So it, it's, it's crazy. Like it, it validated, you know, that I just wasn't a big baby and that somehow that triggered a central nervous system response that, I mean, I thought, I thought you had told me my both parents had been shot. I mean, it was nuts. So anyway, GOP Congresswoman says she used cannabis to treat depression after being raped. And again, this uh, cannabis, the minute she said that cannabis should have been legalized, the government should have said, whoa, 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 we should stop messing around and let's take care of business today. 
You know, they today, let's handle the vets and let's handle the mental ill problem in our world and give them a little something that they say works. If you ain't been raped, how can you tell her that it doesn't work? And wouldn't you want something that would have her say that worked? Wouldn't you just want to believe her? I mean, come on. So a Republican congresswoman who made waves after introducing a bill to federally legalized cannabis this week said on Tuesday that she personally used cannabis for a short time in her youth and it helped her get off pharmaceutical drugs. Again, let me say pharmaceutical drugs, unnatural, created, synthetic. She was prescribed for depression after being raped at age 16. Representative Nancy May shared the story on Fox Business after being asked whether she herself smokes cannabis. And this is crazy because you know whoever was interviewing her, whoever was listening, wasn't expecting this next, next quote. When I was 16, I was raped, the congresswoman said. I mean, how, did, how imagine starting the sentence like that. I was given prescription meds that made the feelings I had of depression worse. They were worse. And, I mean, just think about it. I mean, just imagine people that didn't use cannabis or continued to deal in this worse depression and whack themselves. And ended their lives because of prescription meds. And my pastor, he told me a story about something similar. That during this COVID time, there was a, you know, a pastor's wife who had depression and it was getting harder and harder to deal with. So instead of trusting, you know, the, the way that they were taught to, the higher power, she went in, she got some meds. And I don't know, it wasn't very long after that, they found her, you know, she had taken her life. And so, again, I would argue that cannabis would have stepped in and helped the natural thing, the thing that was here first. So she turned to cannabis for a brief period of time in her life because she was able to experience the therapeutic benefits of cannabis firsthand. May said she more acutely understands the needs to provide access to vulnerable communities, particularly military veterans okay, who suffer from a host of mental health conditions like post-traumatic stress disorder. Why are we still messing with this? And Mace goes, when I talk to vets and I see that pain, it hurts because I felt that pain before in my life. Veteran suicide we see every single day, people. So May shared a personal story, and I shout out to her. That uh, takes a lot of, you know, a lot of chutzpah. Shared a personal story one day after formally filing the State's Reform Act, legislation that would federally deschedule cannabis, and that really needs to happen. I uh, would allow states to make their own decisions about cannabis policy, and that's pretty awesome, too. And it provides a pathway for expungements for people with nonviolent cannabis convictions. So I thought that was a neat, a neat story. Now, as we get closer to the end here of Cannabis Talk ND with Wilson, every Thursday at 420, open a big fat bag of cannabis news here on KRWF 95.9, streaming wherever you hunker down, RadioFreeFargo.org. You can donate, you can uh, listen to other shows. And we thank you for supporting independent radio with shows like this. But anyway, let me tell you about this. This is Cannabis Moment. Okay. Cannabis could be sold at D.C. farmers markets under amendment unveiled by local activists. Now, just wrap your brain around that. So you go down to Red River Market, which I don't want to promote them. I've got my own personal reasons, so forget I said that. If you were at, say, a place that sold outdoor merchandise, downtown Fargo, whatever name that might be, and you're right next to this guy selling those really wacky mushrooms, that are non, you know, intoxicating, but they got funny names and they're pretty looking and they're fungi glory. And then you got me selling some cannabis. What, what would you like? We got cannabis pumpkin pie. We got just general cannabis. 
And I just stole a couple of those mushrooms from dude next to me and I shoved a bunch of cannabis up in it. I'll give you one of those for $865. Okay, thank you for coming to Wilson's Cannabis Farmer's Market here in the heart of downtown Fargo. Thank you. Please come again and check out my show on Thursdays. You know what I mean? So anyway, cannabis activists are proposing an amendment to legalize a bill that the district council will consider on Friday that would allow small entrepreneurs to sell cannabis. Combining criminal justice reform and economic innovation, the amendment would guarantee implements a profitable, equitable, affordable, and transparent system of adult-use cannabis testing and cultivation. So that would be interesting. The proposed measure would create a cottage industry license that would authorize the license to grow and produce medical and rec within their residence and then and sale at wholesale directly to manufacturers, testing facilities, and farmers markets. Licenses could then apply for a farmers market endorsement license that would enable them to sell cannabis in the District of Columbia. Micro business licenses could also qualify for the endorsement. So that's going to be Pretty cool. And I the fee for an endorsement would be $250 annually. Well, I don't know. I mean, how much do you guys like me? I mean, I could just move to D.C., borrow 250 bucks, or do the old uh, Tony Romo and borrow 250 bucks from somebody, not tell you I'm leaving, and then just move and keep the money. And for those of you local North Dakota, far local Fargos, those that know, you know. Stinking burrito guy. Here we were concerned for his safety. Here he jilted a bunch of people and bailed like a, you know, a, a no-neck, back-boneless jellyhead. But anyway, I digress. Bipartisan Wisconsin lawmakers unveil a cannabis decrim bill, which this is kind of interesting because Wisconsin, well, first of all, if you know anything about Wisconsin, you can bring your four-year-old kid into a bar, Sally up to the stool and say, give him two Schleitzenheimers and a pickle. And because the parents said you could, you could. And now Madison, they've had a very loose cannabis decrim bill. I think you can possess and, and a lot of stuff. So what happens is, is when these guys do a state decrim bill, if it's more restrictive than, say, Madison, Madison will have to conform. So it's almost like a win-lose-win. So we'll talk about it. So they unveil, avail the bill to decrim. Representatives Shea and Sylvia are sponsoring the legislation. Uh, they'll have a companion bill being led in uh, the Senate by two senators. There are currently about a dozen co-sponsors attached to the proposal across both chambers and parties. Okay. The measure would make it so possession of up to 14 grams of cannabis would be punishable by a $100 civil fine without the threat of jail time. The bill would also eliminate counting of offenses if they involve 28 grams of cannabis or less meaning people would not be subject to enhanced penalties for repeat offenses, which South Dakota loves to do to you. I think North Dakota does too, but I don't know. While it remains to be seen whether the legislator will have the appetite to advance the measure, the sponsors say they're working to strike a balance between legalization. Now, I know I've spoken with some really hardliners who want to continue to make sure that this is completely illegal, and then they've got people that want to just regulate it like alcohol. So, local governments would have some flexibility in setting their own policies, but they could not impose a civil fine of less than 100 bucks. And courts could choose to impose a minimum of 16 hours of community service. So as it stands, um, it's punishable by a $1,000 fine, six months in jail. So let me get to the interesting stuff. Uh, the new decrim bill would also reduce penalties associated with para, 
making the penalty a $10 fine instead of a maximum $500 fine and 30 days in jail. So that's pretty interesting. Police would also have some discretion under the legislation. They wouldn't be required to take a person to jail, book them or take their fingerprints. They could just take their personal information. Finally, the legislation also provides liability protections for employers who choose not to drug test most workers for THC. So, I mean, I'm telling you, that is just happening, happening, happening. They didn't give me a no. They didn't give me a yes, he says. So, Ebers uh, has tried to legalize cannabis. Uh, let's see. Locally, Wisconsin voters in three jurisdictions last year approved non-binding advisory questions in favor of cannabis. Uh, late last year, the city officials in the state's capital of Madison voted to remove most local penalties for possession and consumption, effectively allowing use by adults 18 and older. Again, that policy change could be impacted if the new bipartisan bill is enacted as introduced, potentially requiring Madison to impose a fine instead of it not being a problem at all. So anyway, this has been Canada Talk ND with Wilson. I still had more to talk about, but I got to get busy. And by busy, I mean I got to go to work. So this segment of programming on KRWF 95.9 FM, Radio Free Fargo, has been underwritten by Moorhead Herbal Galleria. Moorhead Herbal Galleria is Minnesota's only CBD Delta house. They offer carts, vapes, CBD oil, pet tincture, and more. Moorhead Herbal Galleria is located at 2921 South Frontage Road Suite, number one in Moorhead, Minnesota. Their phone number is 218-512-0355. Open 10 a.m. through 11 p.m. Monday through Saturday. For more information, check out Moorhead Herbal Galleria on Facebook and their website. Again, right before me, side stage with Trav, one to three. Me, you got Canada Talking to you with Wilson every Thursday, four to five. Up next, Stinky Arts Music Mart. We got radio, Locals on the 8, Radio Madness, Black Ring Ritual. Again, thanks for checking me out. And uh, I am going to play a quick song. Oh, man, 1993, am I right? Duran Duran, come undone. Canada Talking to you with Wilson's wrapping this. Stinking thing up right up right up after me. Stinky Arts Music Mart. Get ready for that. Black Cottage Alchemy is what brings you this show. Uh, you can go to Black Cottage Alchemy on Facebook, blackcottagealchemy.com, or you can go to Tochi Products. And while you're in there getting uh, the body butter, which is pretty awesome, and I thank Black Cottage Alchemy for sponsoring this show. Indy for Freedom of Cannabis Act petition is in there, so make sure you sign it. Or truck on down a couple blocks east and go to Orange Records and uh, get you some vinyl and sign the ND for Freedom of Cannabis Act petition. I'm going to jump out of here. So remember, educate yourself so you can educate others on the benefits of cannabis. This guy will be back next Thursday, 4 o'clock. Thank you for hanging with me. Be good to yourselves. It's David Allen, Judgment Day. Peace.